God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God tell? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that dream or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza? Jesus said we'd recognize his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. There's a lot of talk around discipleship at the moment, but what does discipleship actually look like? We know it's about following Jesus, but Jesus isn't here. So how does that work? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Before he left the planet, Jesus said he would send the Spirit and the Spirit would remind us of everything Jesus taught and then speak about things to come. So to follow Jesus then, is to listen to his continuing voice, the Holy Spirit. Hi, and welcome to God Conversations. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, practical theologian, author, and the founding director of God Conversations, a ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Today, we're talking all things Holy Spirit and discipleship, and we have the best guest for the topic. This man is both an expert in hearing the Spirit and an expert in discipleship. He helps to pastor a church in the Central Coast, a beautiful area of New South Wales, Australia. He travels and consults in churches around the world and is passionate about all things communication, healing, and the miraculous. Known to his friends as Muzz, welcome to the show, Murray Newman. Thank you, Dr. Tanya, so good to be with you, my friend. I didn't use your title. I should have said prophet, pastor, muzz, shouldn't I? Oh, look, it's, uh, as long as it's like they say, not late for dinner. So, <laughs> so as as true. <laughs> How's life going up on the Central Coast at the moment? Oh, it's it's wonderful here. I'm We're super blessed. Like people ask me where we live. And when I tell them, like so many people feel sorry for me and Susie because I travel so much. And then when they hear where I live, they even feel I get less mercy and less pity. Yeah, <laughs> we may be engendering a bit of jealousy here like, because this podcast goes to places all over the world and they look nothing like Avoca Beach on the Central Coast, let me tell you. <laughs> You're a very blessed man. Um, Mars, you know, yes. it's it's so great to to have you on the show. We had lunch with a bunch of other leaders a few weeks ago at a pastors conference, but I was thinking back to when I first met you in some unusual circumstances at a dinner party of all places, and someone suggested that you pray and prophesy over people at the table. So that's what you did. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that was very, very random. It was very random because you were with your wife, I remember. Very and um and you went around the table and you you prophesied over everyone. It was remarkable. <laughs> I think everyone was so happy to get dinner and a word from God. <laughs> Spiritual and physical yeah, food. Yeah, it was Mars. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was a dinner and a show, and I was the show. It was like <laughs> I got ambushed. 
Well, it was a, it was been great to meet you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you? How did you come to be doing what you are doing okay. now? Born again at uh, seven years of age, grew up in church, did all sorts of aspects of church, got ordained at 22, um, helped plant That's a church. So um, then on, yeah, I know. You know, I well, I'd been leading. I'd been leading for a long time. Um, was also uh, had a construction company as well. Um, mm-hmm. I've always had a side hustle. Mm-hmm. I've gone through that, um, and that's that's enabled me to do so many things. Just um, and open so many doors. So just progressed in ministry, like many people do. Just getting competency. As I went, so the, you know, helping church, being a church planting team, then the associate pastor, then helping in a larger church as the associate pastor, and then being asked to take over a church that, um, had, you know, no one ever gives away a good one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so, you know, always sort of in this, uh, not to say the pastors that uh, they'd taken over had, weren't amazing and done great, but, you know, so we did that, and then what happened was they then asked me to do the be the regional leader in my denomination, uh, and I actually took that quite seriously. So I would ring pastors in our region, and I would just have words for them, and then that grew to where that whole Thursday would be spent with pastors, and even the pastors that I was ministering to would say, "Oh, would you come? Would you talk to?" my friend, the Baptist or the the Seventh-day Adventist pastor or the Presbyterian pastor or another maybe charismatic or Pentecostal church pastor. So that grew from being all day Thursday to then all day Friday and then creeping into Wednesday. My team understood that they used to call it, you know, Mother's Pastor's Days. And so it Mm -hmm. really got to a stage where um, I moved then to ritually doing that through a series of things doing that full time, just looking after pastors. And then, then that led to, then that was a discipleship thing, discipling them. And then they would then ask me, Oh, would you, could you disciple guys on my board? So then I've sort of got now, now it looks like this. So I have my church. Then I have my pastors that I disciple. I have my business people that I disciple. And then I have um, the Bible college at IC that I'm the principal principle of that I run that for IC because they were pastors that I discipled and they said, look, can you put that into the college? And and I then I run an app as well that does that. It sounds so like an incredibly busy now. life there, Muzz, trying, trying to juggle everything. We very feel very privileged to get you on in amidst all of that activity that you were doing, you were no doubt learning to hear God's voice for yourself. What was that like for you? I think it is quite different for all of us, isn't it? How did you journey through that whole uh, exercise of hearing the Spirit and recognising what it sounds like, and particularly for other people because that's a huge part of your ministry, what you do today? Yeah, I, I would say I just would go with the, with the aha. Uh-huh. I would go with the okay, I feel a leaning or a leading. And, and talking to people, exactly what you've said, Tanya, is that you, you discover it, you discover how God speaks and God is always speaking and it's, it is a lot of discipleship is showing people the uniqueness of how God speaks to you and helping them mm. tune that in. For me, uh, 
I would get this inkling or I would have this desire or it was it was the underlying thing was I would there would be this overwhelming love for that person or a cons- complete concern about their situation like I would be captivated by that and it probably would start with me just praying for them and mm-hmm. then I would have this unction in I knew what God wanted for that. So I love that description. I love that description um, that you felt you felt something. I was talking with someone the other day about spiritual senses, and you know, you were saying how everyone experiences God's voice quite differently. I think, and I think that's a great way to, to describe it. That you just felt this love and. You felt a stirring in your spirit that then led to speaking truth. Would that be an accurate way of describing it? Yeah, absolutely. That was that was development of it, and then it would become how I would see things, how I would hear things, um, yeah. and feel things. So it's I couldn't say there's a particular one I'm really now very strong in, but it kind of. Mm-hmm. But that was the way I started. It was it was the a feeling. And then clarity around that feeling, right? About that, that makes sense. You know? What? What's? It, what? Can you give us a good example? A favorite God conversation, perhaps? Okay, yeah. And I was, I remember a long time ago. This is like when I think of it. So I'm sitting in a seat in church, and a family comes and stands in the next row, and they have a little girl with her who's bandaged up. Um, because of terrible, terrible eczema. Uh-huh. So I'm watching this, and I didn't know what happened in the service or what. All I was had this was this immense concern for this little girl of like, this is terrible. Like this, this needs to stop. Like, and I really felt like the Lord saying, "Well, what are you going to do about that?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "Do you want to engage about this?" So I fasted for the week, so that for the next, so the next Sunday. When I, I, you know, we, I prayed for her and it was interesting because at that day they actually asked that family to come out and pray for her because this little girl was almost scratching herself. Like she was bleeding. She was terrible. She's like a mummy in order to stop her from hurting herself. Oh, dear. So we prayed and boom, like still to this day, that girl has the most gorgeous skin you've ever seen. And so wow. that got me along the line Oh, okay. When I when I even notice something, even in my natural eyes, uh-huh. or I see something and it engages with me, if it gets my attention, the same as Moses, I'm going to go look at that burning bush. I'm going to like I'm going to go investigate that. Mm-hmm. And so it was through that, and then it started to be okay. I would notice things, and then I would. It just grew. It's interesting. In my ability uh- to maybe discern it even more. Yeah, I, I, it obviously starts with eyes and ears open a little bit, isn't it, to what's going on around you and then sensing the yeah. spirit moving in that direction. I imagine too that I, just for people who are listening, sometimes that could feel like a natural sense of compassion, couldn't it? But you're still acting on it in faith that God will do something special. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, by... In Hebrews, by reason of use, you know, those that are mature, you know, that by reason of use we have our senses trained to discern what's 
what's good and yeah. what's God, what's not God. I love and that. So, um, in discipling people, it's like we have senses, and I've on the belief that you know that that God sanctifies the whole person, and yes. that that the same as I can see in my senses, I have spiritualized. So it's it's learning to see, and it's learning to hear. Um, it's again. I suppose a good lesson is I remember Susie and I, we went gold prospecting and I couldn't Mm -hmm. find a thing, but Susie could spot the grains of like the size of sand. Yeah. Um, Being able to spot gold, you know, and I was like, it's like that. I think people, some people have just really good sight and they Mm. can uh, see what God is doing. It's very practical, isn't it, and really simple. I wonder how much we miss it because we make it much more complicated than that. I was um, teaching in a course the other night and we just had the prayer time at the end and it was amazing what God was speaking just simply because people were taking the time to pray for each other and have you know, open ears and open eyes to what the Spirit might be doing and saying. I think that sense of attention, you know, God is moving, God is speaking. How can I jump in and get with the program a little bit? Oh, I think it's exactly like that, Tanya. I think there's a flow of God happening all the time and it's it's learning how to plug that in yeah. and how you move it is is the thing. And I think I think we get it we overcomplicate it. You know, I was discipled, you know, if what you teach a child can't do, <laughs> it's too complicated. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm always of that sort of elk of like um, it can't be hard because yes. that would mean that Christianity could only be by the really gifted, the talented, yes. you know, the disciplined. But that's uh-huh. not it. It's it's very simple and like I know with you know, a lot of people come to me like they want a word for something or what what am I hearing or anything like that. But I'm always I now push back and and take them on the journey of hearing what God is saying to them. Um because I don't think I don't think I'm that gifted. I just think I've just had a lot of practice with a very simple thing. <laughs> mm. oh, I lo- that's really good, Mars. I love it. So so let's take it into the context of dis- discipleship here. So we, we, in- we introduced this whole topic with that concept that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit as his continuing voice, speaking to remind us of everything he established and also then speaking to us about our own lives. What does that look like in our own lives, things to come? You do a lot of discipleship. How do you think, big picture, the spirit fits into this? Oh, it's from the very from the very start. Because um, he, like you said, you've quoted it. He, The Holy Spirit takes what is of Jesus and reveals it to us. So there's an no Holy Spirit, there's no discipleship. There's no um, my sheep hear my voice. And it's like, to me, it's 101 of the relationship that people have with God. You know, it's intimacy. Mm. I don't know. I have these conversations with them. And and I've learned this with the Lord, that there's no topic that's taboo. There's nothing that he will not talk to us about. or we. <laughs> that's so true. 
about, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you know, there's nothing, you know, he wants to talk about anything. There's nothing taboo with him. And so when you learn to, that it's conversational with him and getting people to say that, uh, oh, yes. sorry, not learn that and discern that, off they go, you know, so. I, I have found listening to the spirit in terms of discipleship particularly that it's really exposing. <laughs> like it's so personal. God really does get under the skin to transform you from the inside out. And I love it and I hate it because <laughs> you know? I do think most of our lives we're, we're trying to, you know, get on well, we're trying to, you know, put the mask on, do the things that we need to do, but under the surface there's a lot going on and the Holy Spirit just undercuts all of that mask and all of that uh, image and all of the things we put on top and then goes straight for the jugular, <laughs> which I love, as I said, I love, hate it because it's transformative but um, can be a little bit exposing as well. We're talking to the wonderful Muz Newman, a pastor and prophet from the Central Coast in New South Wales. We're talking about all things Holy Spirit and discipleship. We will be back straight after this break. Hearing God's voice is one of the most important ways we get to know God, yet so many fail to experience it. Here at God Conversations, we're committed to equipping people all over the world to recognize and respond to God's voice. It's a big vision, so we'd like to give you the opportunity to join with us by investing in the ministry. You can become a partner either by sponsoring a special project or by giving on a monthly basis. If you're unable to give financially, we would so value your prayers for God's continued hand of favour as we seek to reach people all over the world. For more information on partnership, go to godconversations.com partners. Welcome back to God Conversations with me, Tanya Harris, and my very special guest, Murray Newman, all the way from the Central Coast in New South Wales. We've been talking discipleship and the Holy Spirit, the kind of the idea that we follow Jesus by listening to the continuing voice of Jesus, which is Holy Spirit. And that process, uh, it is a process and one that definitely goes under the surface of our lives and transforms us from the inside out. And we talked just before the break, Muzz, about how this process requires a little bit of vulnerability. So I thought that as a leader in the body of Christ that you could lead by example and share an example of where the Holy Spirit has led you to follow Jesus and be more Christ-like. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I probably I have a basic sort of um, criteria that I sort of follow. So if I've got a problem, which we, you know, there's always a problem, and this is what I've taught people over the years, I always ask the Lord, well, what are you doing about my problem? You know, so mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I just go, well, Father, what are you going to do about th- this? And do you mean in terms of you're facing stage, an issue in you're facing an issue in your life yeah. and then you're asking God, yeah. what are you doing in my heart in the midst of this? That kind of thing. Oh no, even more. Like what are you doing? Not just it's the question is what God? Okay, it's the, the issue was um my whole like how do I I think I had a 
plane. Oh, okay, I'm just thinking, there's so many examples of this. Okay, I've got one. So I had a, a problem with my motorcycle, mm-hmm. okay, like an ongoing gremlin inside of it. And it's like, God, what are you doing about this? Like I could panic. I could go um, get angry with people, uh, accuse people, um, be, you know, ring my lawyer, <laughs> contact Consumer Affairs, you know, like go this down. This is about your, motor- tracks, you know? your motorbike. Yes. Uh, you know. Oh. Yes, all those sort of things. Yeah. I know is it's terrible. Motorbike, I know. My, my thing. <laughs> and, but like you know me. So anybody who knows me and my bike, it's like this is a big deal. Close so, to your heart, yes. Um, I know people, I have friends uh, like this. I have friends who have motorbikes and, you know, don't touch the motorbike. I get it. Yeah, only those who ride understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what what did God (laughs) say when you asked God? So I asked God, what are you doing about this? And he just says, trust me with it. Oh, okay. So that starts a whole series of events internally as you imagine yeah so when i start to question it's like okay what does that look like does that okay that's trusting you that's giving you the control of it that's submitting it it's like okay you're asking me to give the whole situation to you and you mm-hmm. will deal with it yeah okay so that's always my first question i ask god so what, what are you doing with it and well exactly it got like it always does, it got worse. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that true? I'm grieving with you, well, Mars. Yeah. So the problem, the problem is not solved. It, it, in fact, it's still at the workshop as we speak. You wanted a fresh one, so it's still there. And so, but then my next question is always, God. Okay, you're going to do this. So you've got. You want me to trust you with this thing? Okay. And my next question, I always ask this, is who do you want me to be? Mm. So you're going to take care of this, but who do you want me to be? And he just says kind. Yeah. (laughs) I just want you to be kind. I want you to be patient. And, of course, I want you to trust me with this. Yeah. You know? And there's, see, I, for me, like I'm like, you know, uh, what we would probably call a high doer. So I like to, you know, tell me, God, what to do, and I'll do that. In fact, I need you to tell me what to do. But when he talks about character traits and says trust, mm. Mm, yeah, you know, or give up control, or I yeah. don't want you to do anything, I just, just want you to be kind, whoever you Yeah. Yeah, just be patient. Find and just you know whoever you interact with with this whole thing, uh, just be kind, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was funny when I brought it into the workshop and spoke at the uh, dealership. Um, I actually asked the guy, "Have I been patient?" <laughs> oh, you're hilarious! Goes, yes, Mars, you you have been. <laughs> and I've got okay, that's gold star. <laughs> I think, though, that that's a beautiful illustration of the principle of spirit-led discipleship, though, because it's like in the midst of our everyday situations, the Holy Spirit comes and speaks into our hearts to apply the gospel, what Jesus taught and said, that then transforms us. And I think 
perhaps we're looking for those big, spectacular, zappy moments when the Holy Spirit is just working and speaking in the little moments to transform us step by step. Yes, I, uh, I I get the word transformation. I I I like it, but I like that God is growing us better. Mm-hmm. So I can't like I can't be Harris. Not no matter how hard I could try, I could not transform and become like Tanya. But oh, I can but grow. I, that would to, be not a good situation. You can grow and become oh, more man. like Mars. <laughs> Yes, I can grow Mars. I can. The Lord's yep. trying to grow Mars, and the Lord's trying to actually replace Mars <laughs> with Him. Yeah. But I have to go along with that whole journey, and that is literally in those little nuances, like you're saying, of not because, as you can see, like I can, I can have words for people, like I've grown in that, but it's actually the words that He has to me mm. are the things that I have to work. Through, do you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's very interesting the difference between hearing for another, but then hearing for yourself and following that through becomes yes. a very real situation. I agree you know? completely. I, I think that's the essence of discipleship, really, isn't it? Because it, it is responding and acting on what you've heard. That's the hard part. I often say hearing hearing from God is easy. It's doing it. That's the tough part. <laughs> It's not easy to be patient when you're angry with the mechanic over your motorcycle. I'm just imagining, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, and I just, and so many times in those conversations I've just laughed, you know. It's like because I literally knew after walking with the Lord, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this situation, and within minutes it got worse. Okay, this is atypical. I'm I'm actually hearing from God because this is how it happens. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I was chatting with another leader a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about triggers and what triggers us. And then in the triggering moments, the opportunity for the spirit to speak into those moments. So if you find yourself being impatient, angry, jealous, irritated, you know, all of the above, then that's a discipleship moment, a a spiritual growth moment, and the spirit can use that to go, okay, let's, let's see what's happening here. And then if we act in the opposite spirit, so I'm impatient, then I exercise patience, I'm angry, I exercise kindness, like you were saying, that is actually putting to death, as Jesus's analogy, taking up my cross and following, and then out of that comes resurrection life and it sets you free. That's what the the process of discipleship is. And what that looks like is enjoying and being content and full of joy irrespective of your state of your motorcycle. But, But then when the motorcycle gets fixed, it means... Um, being free to enjoy it without it being the obstacle to you showing kingdom life to everyone around you. Does that make sense? Oh, I'll tell you, you are the best. You should, <laughs> you should think about doing this. You should think about writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. I'm just, you know, very vested in your motorcycle (laughs) joy. (laughs) That being said, exactly, because that's the end result is joy. That's what you're looking for in discipling people, you know, and learning to have that and learning that the Lord isn't upset with us, not angry with us, that he is very committed to the journey. Um, Yeah, it's so true. And it's... Yeah, I, you said it so well, Tanya. Oh, All of that you. process is exactly what discipleship is and our one-on-one relationship with Jesus. And I think as we just – fellowship comes out of that when we share like those stories of what yes. Jesus is doing in us all. Yeah. You know, we, we all empathy and can pray and care um, about that, you know, in yeah. a, in a very – Deep well, we way. share it. We share it in common, don't we? Because it looks different for each of us. Because you know, the spirit uses your motorcycle. For me, he might be using, I don't know, what might he use? My, my cat. Your cat. But but here's the thought for you, Muzz. Um, just as we wrap things up a little bit, an encouragement perhaps for people. You know, I think. What do you think is the thing then that slows the process of discipleship down and how do we get over that? Because I think that as we, you know, we're all on the journey, we're all flawed, human, we make mistakes and we're loved in the midst of it. But if our call is to follow Jesus and to continue to follow Jesus and spiritual maturity will come from that, there are going to be things that trip us off, trip us up along the way. How do we keep moving forward, keep walking in the spirit, keep listening? What are the obstacles and how do I get over them? Well, I think um, we're not looking for perfection. You know, there's only one. If if I could perfect myself, I wouldn't need a saviour. So um, that's one of the big things. It's like my, my attention is not necessarily on the perfection of me. It's that I have a perfect saviour. Mm-hmm. And to keep my attention on him and that he keeps me, I don't keep me. That's one of the big things. I was talking to someone last night about that, that we don't keep ourselves. I'm like, Muzz isn't Muzz's problem. Muzz is Jesus's problem. <laughs> and that's good perspective. <laughs> that's a very healthy perspective. <laughs> I mean, so it's not self um, improvement or it's, you know, I'm, and, and have you noticed, Tanya, that. God doesn't take away our flesh. He doesn't take away our carnal nature. He doesn't do that. He actually uses it to press us further into him. Um, I can remember um, showing up for another dinner party. It seems to be always my gig. And people were so sad. We walked into this room and like someone had died. And I was like, and, and they sort of, because they knew, Susie and I were coming, they thought they would prep for our arrival by asking each other, you know, if there was an issue that they wish Jesus would deal with, what would be that issue? And, oh, man, I don't know what they've been talking about. But when I they asked me, I go, but I like my issue. <laughs> my, my, my issue, my issue say, is my anger or my need to control yes. is what forces me into him. I don't actually want I don't I know my issue is my friend. You know, it's the thing that 
you know, is I, I know that if if there's a barrier to Mars, is there's a barrier to Mars, it's pride. Yeah. And so God puts me in loads of positions where I have to be humble mm-hmm. and I have to choose it. I have to choose to be humble. Mm-hmm. So I believe in my my understanding and my very limited experience is we, pride is an issue or unbelief is an issue. And it's we battle with one of those two at any particular time. So when we're discipling people, it really is showing them that, okay, is the issue pride here right now or is it unbelief? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even, say, with motorcycle, it's pride. Pride will want me to take control, want me to fix it, want me to, you know, take charge and and make it happen. Um, but if I humble myself and I just let God do it and submit to the process and let God do a work in it, or I, in the same scenario, I could have unbelief and give up and go, oh, you know, um, this can't be fixed. There is no answer to this. This is... This is, you know, and we start to catastrophize about the situation. So we, we go into fear and unbelief. Um, I and think I think those right. two, lit- yeah. I think you're right. I think um, pride is is a big issue. Um, I think you're right. Those two things very much stop us from walking out a life in the spirit, don't they? And I love what you said yeah, it's, about it's, humility. It, it literally is those two things. You could, it, what, anyone that's listening, and probably the two of us would agree, in any situation where we're struggling, it is one of those two things. I'm struggling with unbelief or pride. And all mm. I have to do is either be humble or believe. Yeah. And good. of course, hearing the voice of God is actually, I've got to, to hear God's voice, I have to be humble and I have to believe. I have to submit to his leading and then I have to follow that leading, which is believing. Yes. Um, yes. Brilliant. Simple. It's not- Simple but difficult, right? <laughs> like a child, perhaps. I love that. Yeah, like, I- it's, like I say, you know, if you're discipling people, if a child can't do it, it's really of no use. It's way yeah. too complicated. Yeah, that is very true. We make things more complicated than what they are. Well, Mars, what can I say? Lots of drops of wisdom in there. And I think and just, I guess, an encouragement to come out of this would be if we we want to continue to follow Jesus and listen to the Spirit, just to consistently just be open, isn't it? To be humble and to believe in yes. faith that the Spirit walks with us and talks with us and brings growth and leads us to be more like Jesus. So all I can say is um, just as we close, Mars, may that motorcycle be blessed <laughs> or perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the process will need to continue a bit longer for your patience to be, you know, really extended. <laughs> We'll have to watch this space. By the time this goes to, to air, maybe it will be fixed and you can let us know if that sanctification process is done in your heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sure the Lord could, if it's not the, that, he'll figure out some other way or some other person to bring out. I love, in me. <laughs> I love it, Maz. You're a gem. Tell us, where can we get a hold of you if we're interested in learning a bit more about your ministry? 
Oh, you can look it up, yeah, at murraynewman.com.au. Um, yeah, and you can follow us up from there. Brilliant. Of course, we're on Facebook and all those things and more than willing to help people. Well, thank you for your ministry to the local church and to the church globally as well. Love your heart to be a messenger and an encourager. And I know that many people around testify to the power and the blessing of your ministry. And I've been one of them. So thank you so much. Mars, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope that's been a blessing to you as we go. Take care. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing to the show on your favourite podcast app. And remember, the Holy Spirit was given so we could all hear God's voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.